welcome to Coffee and an Interview. I'm Jacqueline Pena, and I'm here today with Erin Berry Bless, a relationship coach who is going to focus on self-love and authenticity today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for for joining me for this conversation because uh, those are two topics, two big ones, two big chunks that are important to any human being, self-love and authenticity. And I think it's something that we've all struggled with at some point or another. Most of us struggle with it throughout our lives. Um, So I thought it would be great to have that conversation with you, but I think we should start with your journey. I mean, how did you get here to a point where you focus on self-love and authenticity. What's your story? Yeah, so it was definitely quite the journey. I'm 20 plus years into it, but at some point in my early 20s, um, interestingly enough, around the time that I married my ex-husband, I realized that there was probably more out there than I was experiencing. I just was in this kind of pain almost that I couldn't really describe or understand. And it just felt like I was struggling in life in a way that I shouldn't be like at some level, I guess I felt like my birthright was bliss and joy and happiness, or at least not misery. Right. And so a friend had told me about a retreat she went on in Sedona. And I didn't know anything about it. I booked it for the next weekend. I jumped in my car and I went. And that was my beginning of my self-love and awakening spiritual journey. And during that time, the woman asked me something we're talking about. She asked me if I loved myself. And I was like, well, of course I love myself. I did not love myself at all. And that was the really interesting thing. I like looking back now, I was, I had all this internal conversation in my head of like just beating myself up. Um, I had allowed like previous partners to tell me that I wasn't all that attractive or wasn't all that thin or, you know, just whatever it was that kept me feeling small and I gave my power away. So I really believed them. I had an eating disorder, um, had a lot of issues around like jealousy of other people, like all these things that should have been an indicator that there was some internal work I needed to do. So that really started, it wasn't long after that, I really started to look at like meditation, I got into yoga, and I started doing all these mindfulness practices and started to realize that what was actually going on in my head was not very friendly towards myself. And the more that I noticed that, the more I was able to clear it, um, the more I fell in love with myself. And I don't know, I'm still trying to figure out which one comes first, the authenticity or the self-love, but I started to really figure out who it was that I was. And I realized that I was basically just living the life I was kind of modeled on how to live through society or, you know, just through what I was told growing up Mm -hmm. and that I really wasn't that person at all. There was this like other calling I had that I hadn't really followed And so eventually it ended up ending my marriage because I, it turns out my ex-husband didn't really like who I was either. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. And we had this kind of unspoken agreement about that. And the thing is like people change over time. And in this particular situation, like he just couldn't see anything past the original story he had created about me. But during this time we had had children. So now I have two little girls and I 
recognize that I had an, uh, an opportunity to teach them how to be treated either very poorly or like the queens that they deserve to be. And so that initially, well, eventually, initially and eventually was the reason I got out of my marriage and have continued this journey and, you know, kind of left the breadcrumbs along the way. So now teach other people how to do the same. That, that was, um, thank you for sharing that journey because you discovered that you didn't really love yourself. And I think many of us have been there at some point. Um, many of us don't love certain aspects or parts of, this, of ourselves and others just don't love themselves overall and don't recognize that. But it's interesting that even in your relationship, your ex-husband also wasn't in love with that original version of you and couldn't see beyond that. And in uh, a difficult journey like that, helped you continue empowering yourself mm -hmm. for yourself and your daughters because a lot of times that kind of difficult journey in a relationship and divorce can whether you're female or male can add on to the self-hate yes and really work against the what you were doing for yourself in terms of self-love and authenticity so i uh, it's great that you were able to pull through in that way but for many of our listeners, if we've struggled at any point, I know I have, I'm divorced myself and I went to a very difficult separation and divorce. Um, it, it, it's, it's very easy to use that to self-hate instead of self-love, to fall more into that negative instead of moving forward and growing into a better person. So I, I thank you for sharing that journey with us. Yeah, you're welcome. That brought up for me the whole self-forgiveness thing, which is something that people really have to recognize and go through when when you get divorced more than anything else and also this idea that you only knew what you knew at the time and now you know different things like I've learned so much in recent years about what we're really up to in relationships and that a lot of the time we're unconsciously repeating these patterns over and over again and so we feel like the failure, right? Society has told us that we are the failure, which is not the case at all. Actually, most relationships are teachers and that's that's what we're up to is just learning. And it's not a failure. It's the ending of that agreement. And then you get to move on and learn something else from somebody else while loving yourself all the time. <laughs> I like that. That is not a failure. It's an agreement that's ended that has taught you both something and helped you be a better person. Yes. That's a successful relationship as far as I'm concerned. I was <laughs> an ex-boyfriend and he was like, well, I feel like I really like you woke something up in me and I have really like figured out who I was because of the situation even more. And I was like, sounds like a successful relationship <laughs> to me. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you because that, that's empowering me now because I've been through quite a few of those. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so tell me, um, I guess your journey helps us see why you focus on self-love and authenticity uh, in, in some way. But tell us from the work you do and, and your entire journey, not just your, your relationship journey, why focus on self-love and authenticity? Where are we getting it wrong? What's the narrative that we need to rewrite? I think most of us were never taught either one of those things. 
So I think that in our society, especially, we are kind of taught how to fit in the box, how to look a certain way, how to act a certain way. And what's really interesting about that is that we are all unique expressions of the divine. So it makes no sense for us to all be the same. In fact, for me personally, I'm like the more weird, the more wonderful, you know, and <laughs> the authenticity looks so many different ways, but also our authenticity is a guiding post and almost our North star to figuring out what our soul's purpose is. And we all came here with a different soul's purpose. So that's part of it. Um, and then the self-love, it's just, it's so funny because I've attacked this from so many different angles. And no matter what I work on a client with, even if they're coming to me to help them figure out like their dream job, we end up working on their relationship with self because we are in relationship with life. So you have to know who you are and you have to love and believe that you're worthy of what you want and that you are enough, that you deserve that in order to get it. And so if you don't do that work, you could spend your whole life being like, why can't I ever get what I want? But the underlying message you're telling yourself, like I said, all those little conversations we have in our head that we're not even aware of are telling us like that we're not deserving of that, that we're not worthy of that, that we're not enough to have what we want. And so that is why those two in particular are so important. They just seem to be so tied together and tied to everything else in our life. Yeah, very much interrelated. Um and we don't realize it, um, how these two relate and are tied together in our lives. Um, I thought you said something very interesting is that we're always trying to fit into a box or people are always trying to fit us into boxes uh, also. And, um, you know, as kids, we're always trying to fit in, fit in with our group, fit in with our class. When we uh, go to college, we're trying to fit in, uh, in our jobs, we're trying to fit in with the group, whatever that group is of professionals or wherever it is that we're working is this idea of fitting in becomes uh, a part of, of our daily thinking and, and being and doing, and we don't even realize it. And then you have uh, other things culturally, you should be married by a certain age, you should be doing something by a certain age, especially if you're a woman. So there are these cultural boxes that they're fitting us in. Then there's these um, physical body type boxes too. You know, I, I am, as you can see, I am overweight, chubby, right? But, the, but all your life you're being told you have to be a size three, you have to fit into this box. Your hair has to be like this. You have to look like this. Um, so we're always being put into these boxes by other people or forced into them or made to believe that we should fit into that. And that, that kind of thinking has to be detrimental to these concepts of self-love and authenticity. How can you love yourself and be authentic if you're always figuring out or being felt like you have to figure out how to fit into all these boxes? Yeah, that's the work, right? That's the work of owning yourself. I like to call myself a badass. And that's what I mean when I say badass or I have a group that it, that's what we consider ourselves. And that's what it is, right? Because first of all, I've always, I, I call myself a rainbow sheep. Now I used to call myself a black sheep, but I heard that term and I was like, oh, I'm going to borrow that. Um, but I never felt like I fit in. I always felt like an outsider. And I feel like the more I've talked to people the more that we all actually have felt that way. Um, I think we were talking before this interview about shame and that's part of it, right? Like we are all suffering in some way in silence, thinking like, oh, let's put on this act and nobody will know that we're just completely miserable on 
the inside, it was sharing with you that from the outside, my past life, my married life looked perfect. I looked like I was part of this perfect suburban family. Mm -hmm. I was so miserable on the inside. And I remember I took this meditation course where um, we were studying Joe Dispenza and he talks about the gap and the gap is the space between who you present yourself to the world to be versus who you are authentically. That was such a wake up moment for me. It was like, I just got shook because I realized that I had such a big gap and that was part of my problem. And what was I doing? All the things that you just mentioned, I was shooting all over myself. Like anytime you use the word should, that's usually a red flag. Mm. Um, as, even as I went through this journey to figure out who I was authentically, I, I remember I worked with a healer at one point who was a very visual person. And she's like, Erin, you have so many boxes. She's like, you have boxes for not fitting into the boxes. She's like, you have an authenticity box. I mean, so that was my way. And I've been told, and I have this awareness too, that because I was so big and I really was like, I was told, you know, I was too much essentially. And it's taken me almost like 40 years to finally be like, you know what? I'd rather be too much than not enough, you know, and to own that is, but that wasn't okay. Right. That's the messaging I got. So the way that I checked myself was to even like put myself in more boxes. And so that's why it's so important to, own and love and accept ourselves because as we do that then we attract people to us that reflect that back to us otherwise we are being reflected by these people who are out of sync with us that was my ex-husband right now the people I date the people I hang out with just the people that are in my world see me for exactly who I am as far as I know, right? And so there's less disconnect there, which is a, a good sign that you're on the right path. Those are, that's a, a great advice, great tips um, for us. In looking at ourselves and for our listeners, um, how do we start this process of rewriting our narratives internally and thinking about self-love? How do we work on self-love? Um, because we know we need to love ourselves, but how do we work on that? And then how, how do we feel comfortable being more authentic and being rainbow sheep too? I love that. Instead of black sheep. (laughs) Right. I know. I heard that. I'm like, Oh, I like that one. I like rainbows. I'm going to go with that. Um, well, first of all, you have to catch your narrative. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to catch the unconscious messaging that you're giving yourself. So somewhere along the way in your life, somebody told you something about yourself that you decided to make it true. And then you've spent your entire life validating that. So meditation is always good for that kind of thing. I know a lot of people are like, oh, sitting for a long time. I find journaling really helpful as well. Just being able to write like just stream of conscious journal and you don't have to worry about what it looks like, you know, punctuation, spelling, but start to catch the loops that you're in within your own mind. So that's the first step, really. You can't shift it until you know what it is. Then you have to start believing something different about yourself. So your identity is actually like clothing. You can try it on. You can change it whenever you want. So you get to create your own identity. Like, 
what is more in alignment with you? Who are you really? How do you really want to show up in the world? What feels good, easy, right? It should feel easy. When you are um, in alignment with your, your soul's essence, it, it flows. And then when, you, when it's not flowing, then that's kind of the, the wake-up call, like, hey, something's off, time to check in. So that's another really big part of it. How do you know when when thing, when something's off, when it's time to do that check-in, especially because we're always stuck, you know, with our to-do lists and rushing and the kids and the food and the job and this and that. How do you know when when things are not working? Well, I mean, you just nailed it. That's how we abandon ourselves right there. Everything you just said, when we don't take the space, right? You can't catch it. And that's what we do, right? It's easier to just stay really busy and squelch it down. And then what do people do? They can't sleep at night because that's when all of a sudden, oh crap, things just got quiet. Now I have space and time to actually look at the stuff that I need to look at. So you have to give yourself that time and space. One of, and I am a huge self-abandoner. That's why I can say that from my own you know, experience. And one of the things I keep coming back to over and over again right now is choosing myself. Like even last night, I randomly ended up with this night of like, I had nothing going on and I took the space. I actually journaled and I was just with my feelings. You can't go, you can't bypass the stuff. You have to go through it. You can't go around it. So yeah, that's part of it. You have to give yourself space and time to listen. And if you don't, you're a self-abandoner. That's another interesting term. Well, and if you don't, what happens is eventually like whatever the little, I, I call it the universal bitch slap. And what happens is there will be this nagging feeling like something's off. It's like the, the universe is gentle, I feel like initially. Like, hey, pay attention. This thing, this thing I'm trying to tell you is important. Pretty soon it kind of becomes a little bit of a shove then it becomes like a shake. And eventually it's like the universe takes a two by four and just whacks you across the face. Right. So, you know, like I think back to my marriage, I even knew that it was my marriage I needed to get out of. And I was like ignoring it. And then being like, what are you trying to tell me universe? Even though it was so clear, right. It had to completely explode and implode for me to actually pay attention and listen. Very interesting. And I'm the kind of person who gets the little shrug and then someone shakes me. And I don't really notice until I get hit by the two by four. So I am that type of person. <laughs> yeah. So the more space you have, yeah, you can nip those in the bud. Like recently I felt really out of alignment and it was just so apparent because my life flows with a lot of ease right now. It's usually full of joy. And there are seasons of our lives. There are times when we're absolutely like finding stillness. Our body will knock us out. That was me last year. I got the flu, you know, mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks. Or we go through a period of release and grief. And we are so addicted as a society to everything where it's being light and happy. And this, you know, slap some lipstick on a pig, essentially, that we miss all these other seasons, which actually help us clear some of that stuff so we don't have to deal with the bitch slap or the two by four. That's a good way of putting it, too. We have to go through all these seasons. It's not always just one kind of journey or one way of thinking it's okay to go through different seasons it's like spring cleaning at home right you have to do some of that emptying out some of that analysis and some of that planning and thinking in order to continue on whatever the journey will be and and we don't do a lot of that and I, I think a lot of us are scared of taking that time to look at ourselves 
and to do that kind of spring cleaning within ourselves. <laughs> right. Well, it's been an interesting time right now because we were given an opportunity, like the world came to a halt. Like, how did you spend that time? You know, like it was there for us all to like collectively kind of do that work. And a lot of people did and a lot of people <laughs> resisted it. Yep. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of people are still, you know, for all of us listening, when, when life throws us these complicated situations like the pandemic, where we had to adapt to something different and the world didn't fully stop, it just kind of slowed down or changed its pace and how it was moving. What a great time. Um, you know, the positive is it's a good time to reassess, to reevaluate, to rethink, to retool, to do a lot of things. But I think, again, going back to that fear of doing that spring, internal spring cleaning and that analysis and that fear of thinking about, am I truly loving myself? Am I truly being authentic? How can I love myself more? How can I be more authentic? I think um, those conversations, now is a great time for me definitely to have them. And whenever we have those opportunities, it's great if we could take them. We're just many times afraid to do so. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Human nature for sure. Yeah. So do you have, you gave us some tips for this process. Do you have any other words of advice or any um, other tips or lessons that you might want to share with us about um, self-love and authenticity, but also about our relationship with ourself and others? Since a lot of the work you do is around relationship coaching, not necessarily intimate relationship coaching, but relationship coaching. So I was wondering if you had anything else that you wanted to share with us to help us on our journeys. So I think part of this is the authenticity piece, which is owning all parts of yourself, like you actually welcoming those pieces in, right? Like look at where you're actually not showing up the way that you want or where you maybe don't ask for what you need because you feel like you're going to be a burden in some way. Like where are you actually not showing yourself fully? So that's, that's the work of authenticity. And you have to kind of do that to play with it. So you can really feel into um, who you are authentically, what lights you up, right? Like, do you actually know what lights you up? It's really fascinating how many people don't even know that, you know, they, there's an energy about it. So you just have to play with it. And then from the relationship standpoint, yeah, I mean, this is the work of relationship to be in relationship with life. You have to look at why you operate in life the way that you do. And a lot of that actually goes back to the very beginning of your life. Like a lot of us are actually carrying the patterns around from our childhood unmet needs so it's learning why, who you are based off of how you were brought up, what you experienced, and then what needs you didn't get met so that you see how you're reacting. It's really interesting. I asked a question earlier on Facebook about this because I was like, who taught you how to be in relationship? You know, were you taught? Because I think a lot of us were told that we, you know, we were modeled something, but here's the really interesting thing. Most of us were modeled something by people who were modeled that same thing by some other people. And it's like unconscious humans training unconscious humans. So I would say, question everything. I have a meditation teacher who says, I am no one and I don't know shit. 
And I really love that phrase because really, if we approach life that way, then we give ourselves space to actually learn different ways of being that might actually work better for us than what we were taught. I love the question, everything. Um, I think I think we do fall into patterns, you're right. And we don't even recognize those patterns. And some of us were not raised in the best patterns, relationship patterns, because, and some of them were toxic for some of us. Right. So how do we really know what a relationship with uh, an intimate partner truly looks like for us ourselves or with a friend or with, you know, family members and trusted people, because sometimes we don't have the, we're, we're living in patterns that we don't fully understand. And sometimes those patterns are not that positive. And in many cases can be toxic uh, patterns that we were raised in. And so we're, we're putting that as part of our narrative and, and part of our story, which then affects our self-love, which then affects our authenticity. So it's amazing how all of this comes together. Yes, I would say my favorite thing to remind people is that you, it's not your fault, the patterns that you were given, how you were raised, right? I do believe on some level, we probably chose our experience to move through whatever it is we're trying to learn. But as a child, you're not responsible for, you know, how you were taught to be. But once you, you grow up and you're an adult, and you start to see them, it is your responsibility to unwire <laughs> rewire, clear it, and then create what works for you instead of just operating from this place of somebody else's truth being your truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that information. Um, I, I've, I've learned a lot from our conversation. Um, I've done a lot of work with looking at those patterns and that narrative and uh, rewriting some of that for myself, some of that internal spring cleaning, as I call it. Um, but I think throughout life, I, I will always face those challenges with self-love because of the boxes that people try to put you in and the boxes that you try, you know, I put, try to put myself in or people in general, we try to put ourselves in. And, um, and so that affects our love and our authenticity. And I love the concept of the rainbow sheep. I'm going to keep going with that one because, <laughs> you know, I always feel like, okay, I'm not like these other people. I don't belong. And this idea of having to belong in this kind of way that's so ingrained in us from our upbringing, we got to take that away. We got to think about, you know, you, you can belong and be yourself, meaning you can be in these relationships with coworkers, with friends, with family. You can be authentic and, and still be a part of something, a relationship that's important in some way. And I think um, that's important that we teach our children who struggle with this in middle school and high school in college and that we keep teaching ourselves because we're, you know, as we get older, I don't fit into this group. I don't fit into the mommy group. I don't fit into the wife's group. I don't fit into this group. Um, yeah. So we have to move away from a lot of that. Yeah. We just have to model it, right? Like that's all we mm -hmm. can do. We only work on ourselves and then meet ourselves with so much compassion as well, because Whatever patterns you have took a lot of time, however old you are, it took your whole lifetime, you know, to create these patterns. And what happens is that we see them and then we're like, oh, let's clear them immediately. Like, be done. It doesn't work that way. Like, they are very deep seated. They are like deeply in your body. They're deeply in your brain. It takes time, takes time, as one of my friends used to say. So, to meet yourself with compassion. And as you do that, then as you see other people doing the same, 
you know, struggle or you see them in pain, you can meet them with that. And I'm also thinking, as you're saying, the rainbow sheep thing, they're probably feeling the same exact way, right? We're all just walking around pretending like we fit in and this is, you know, and so I'm like, I'm going to call bullshit on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so thank you. Uh, Do you have any final thoughts or words that I, do you want to share anything with our listeners that I didn't get to ask you today that ties all of this together. Is there anything else that you might want to share some final thoughts or advice or tips? Yeah. I mean, just reiterating that it's not your fault that, you know, you have the patterns you do, but it's your responsibility to change and to be easy on yourself and to know that exactly where you're at on the journey is exactly where you're supposed to be. So a lot of times I see this, Um, idea of comparison, but that is, that can really be a huge disservice to you in your work because then you feel like you're not making the progress that you have. And that it is okay to look back on the past on occasion and just to see that progress, but not to get stuck there because whatever growing pains you experience, it's pain with a purpose, which is a lot better than the pain of being unconsciously in pain with a purpose and be easy on yourself where you are in this journey is where you're meant to be and I think that helps us with our journey yes those those words um well for our listeners there are a list of resources and links if you want to learn more about Erin and her work um, as a relationship coach and self-love and authenticity. Under the description for the episode, you'll see links to different resources. There'll be links to some journaling resources as well so that you can start looking at your patterns and your narrative and work on self-love and authenticity. And Erin, I just want to thank you so much for uh, joining me here for Coffee and an Interview and talking about this complex topic that affects every human being whether we want to be a rainbow sheep or white sheep (laughs) you choose you choose your colors but um but definitely it's a it's a topic that touches us at all our ages throughout our entire journey so thank you for being here and sharing your journey and and teaching us um how to be more successful on our journeys yeah thank you it's been wonderful 